So here's a little sample of what yes is going to look like in year two. Yes means making Maryland the best place for businesses to invest in data centers and infrastructure and that will drive a technology economy, and I plan on introducing a bill that does exactly that. That, of course, is Governor Wes Moore. He just visited all of the county leaders in Maryland at the Maryland Association of Counties Winter Conference in Cambridge, Maryland, at the, at the Cambridge Hyatt. He there making it clear that data centers are going to be a big part of Maryland's future and that local government is going to be unencumbered to make these sort of investments possible. Welcome to Center Maryland's The Lobby Pod. We have a really remarkable guest with us today that uh, is working on a project that is really all about Maryland's future and all about uh, the future of the economy Maryland wants to be in. They uh, plan, master plan, gigawatt scale data center communities. So we've all seen on Center Maryland master plan communities like uh, downtown Columbia or Reston, Virginia, or uh, what have you. But Quantum Loophole creates master plan data center communities. And we're lucky enough to have their senior vice president, Richard Paul Huss, with us today. Rich, welcome to Center Maryland's The Lobby podcast. Thank you, Damien. Glad to be here. I wanted to spotlight the Center Maryland contribution by Michael McHale. He's the business manager of the IBEW Local 24. They have about 2,300 skilled electricians and technician members working from Frederick County, Maryland to Ocean City. Um, and I just thought he put this beautifully. It's a commentary called Building Data Centers and Maryland's Future. Just going to read you the first three paragraphs here. Quote, every morning before sunrise, thousands of Maryland residents, many of them members of my union, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, drive across the Potomac River into Virginia to work in that state's thriving data center industry. Needless to say, these men and women would rather be working closer to home in our state. Thanks to Governor Moore's leadership, along with the Maryland General Assembly, which overwhelmingly approved incentives for data center development in 2020, our state's workers will soon get their wish. End of quote. That's a pretty provocative statement, and uh, it falls on your lap to tell us uh, what he means when he says Maryland's workers will soon get their wish. What do you bring into Maryland? What do you bring into Frederick County, Maryland? So we're bringing something pretty special to Frederick County, Maryland. We are bringing the world's first master planned data center community to the old East Alcoa site, you know, which formerly it's been shuttered for, you know, more than a decade. It was a, an Alcoa aluminum smelting facility. They cleaned it up. We purchased it a couple of years ago and we have master planned this place to accommodate the future capacity for the hyperscale data center community, the multi-tenant data center community, and, and really anybody that you see that's built data centers and operates data centers down in Ashburner and Loudoun County, that same customer base will look north to 
Frederick and build uh, a very large number, very high capacity from a power perspective of data centers here on our property. We've got 2,164 acres here. This was the largest industrial site in Maryland. And when we were looking for a site uh, prior to seeing the legislation in, in Maryland that incentivized data centers with sales tax, we were looking throughout Virginia. We saw that uh, legislation looked here and this site was a site that, you know, we would describe with the adjective, it's Nirvana. You know, it has all the power, it has the water. We're building a 43 mile, you know, fiber ring from the Ashburn fiber mesh. You know, we're, we connect down into Leesburg and easily connect to all the uh, fiber providers down there. So we're extending the Northern Virginia market effectively up to here, which is by far the largest data center market in the world. And it's kept that group of IBEW electricians busy for the last 20 years. Well, the ones that are up here in uh, in this local, you know, will have another 20 years of work without that uh, that morning commute. So it's called a, a Q loop, if you will. It's a it's that's what you're calling. It's basically connecting Maryland to the world's biggest collection of data centers in Northern Virginia, and and leveraging our neighbors' strengths and 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 learnings, I guess, in that. Yeah. Uh, what's become a global phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, when the when the data center uh, world, um, well, let's say the internet really sort of commercialized in, uh, in the 90s, as it grew, as our lives digitized, the need to house all of this storage, all of this remote compute and interconnect, provide the, you know, the structures to interconnect all of these networks Ashburn benefited because one of the four network access points was located there and Equinix created an inter exchange, uh, internet exchange in the middle of Ashburn and filigree court. And it is the global epicenter of the internet, you know, a, a very high percentage of the world's internet traffic flows through there. You have roughly 30 million square feet of data centers that have evolved there since then. Uh, the amount of power flowing through there is probably about two and a half gigawatts to three gigawatts. That's sort of um, a fungible number because, um, you know, some kind of wonky stuff within the data center world. But the the growth of the Internet, uh, as, as we can all, you know, see from, you know, the use of these cell phones as a, you know, major part of our daily lives to, uh, you know, everything that we do to um, sort of make our lives easier in the digital space the need for these data centers will continue to grow for, you know, the foreseeable future. And the problem is that, you know, Loudoun is, is the most amazing success from an economic development perspective, but it comes with issues and you're seeing the issues reflected in some of the opposition that's developed down there. Now, Northern Virginia will always remain the most important or largest data center market in the world. And it'll continue to grow what we're doing is recognizing, you know, some of the challenges of, you know, the, the amount of infrastructure that needs to be built to sort of accommodate the sprawl that's happened down there. And we think that taking very large sites and master planning them to accommodate, you know, the next 15 years of growth for the hyperscale community, as well as the multi-tenant data center community 
provides benefits to the data center community in terms of you know meeting their scale, their capacity, the needs that they've got. But it also really takes care of the local community in which you are building this digital environment and uh, therefore can then provide benefit to the county and the uh, the state government. There are all sorts of cool benefits that uh, that accrue to these three major constituent groups being the data center industry, the community and government by doing this. You know, we can manage sound issues related to data centers better. We can manage light pollution better because we've got a massive collection in some master plan community. So we can work, you know, we have sort of the mass, uh, the economies of scale of, you know, this massive um, investment that will take place here to address some of these issues and plan out the location of these facilities better. Our goal is that when you drive by the site at full build out, you won't even know that there are data centers on the other side of the tree. You'll feel like you're just driving through, you know, the country effectively or through this beautiful ag land that exists out here. And, you know, on the other side of these trees, you know, will be a very, very important you know, piece of the internet. There's, there's always been this duality sort of in the conversation between Virginia and Maryland and Virginia's watchword has always been growth, growth, growth. And then Maryland's always been smart growth. And it seems to me that this evolution that you're bringing revolution, really that you're bringing to Maryland is totally in stride with Maryland's ethos with, with their smart growth, master planning mindset. Um, you've had incredible uh, local partners, uh, the county executive, Jessica Fitzwater, the, the local delegation uh, from Annapolis. They've all been talking about thousands of jobs. They've been talking about hundreds of millions of dollars of tax revenue that can uh, annually pay for the blueprint for Maryland's future, the big education uh, um the big education policy uh, prerogative that everybody in Annapolis is so focused on funding and really cementing a, a, a tech hub legacy in Maryland. What's it been like to work with local leaders that have sort of been a bit of a, a guidepost for you, be it Jessica uh, Fitzwater or, or Governor Moore? Talk to me a little bit about your experience dealing with the local leaders and community in, in Frederick County? So it's been good. Um, I would say that from the moment that we really started looking in and doing our due diligence in Frederick County, our team who have built data centers around the globe, uh, were very impressed with the planning that took place here in Frederick County, the livable, livable Frederick document. Yeah, it's a great plan. I mean, that's a, that's a real, real plan that those folks believe in. It is, and it's it's meaningful, and it uh, it does right by the uh, the community, and we tuck into that well. But taking it a step further, this county, for the first time ever, has created a critical digital infrastructure ordinance to really define how data centers should be done in Frederick County, and the state is really looking at it. I think from the perspective of let's do data centers. You know, I hesitate, but you know, I use the word better in Maryland. They they see the amazing economic, you know, development that's taken place in in Virginia. And obviously they want to share in uh, in that, but they don't want the negative. So I would say that this county has been very, very thoughtful about 
uh, how data centers should and will be done you know, to prevent the sprawl of data centers as we see down in uh, in Ashburn and you know throughout Loudoun generally and and help you know the the data center industry um i think do a better job of um coale you know coexisting with the community in a beautiful way so working with the county leadership with the the departments in the county has been very helpful and i would say the same at the state you know we've had some bumps in the road um, on our project with respect to, you know, some of the construction uh, that's taken place here. You know, we've been stopped on the site for a period of time. We just got back to work outside of the environmental covenant that we have on the site. We're expecting to get our environmental management plan back in place here pretty soon after it being removed in early June. And so uh, I would say the the relationship that we have with the state, especially leadership, has been great. The governor last week at MACO announced his support for legislation to solve the PSC issue as it relates to an exemption to a CPCN for backup generators. Uh, he talked about the need to really establish a, a technology industry in, uh, in Maryland to drive revenue, to drive investment into the state. And so I think you see real leadership being exerted at both the state and local level and as a you know a, a very big investor in this community, we're we're very happy to see those people uh, you know leading. Yeah, Frederick County's got to you know feel um, some gratitude because I mean he went uh, the governor went into the belly of the beast of local leaders at the at the winter mako and back them up for planning ahead for being strategic. There was a sort of a blip that had occurred with the the public service commission it seemed to get into a lot of nuance and um uh, sort of uh you know a discussion that really didn't seem to capture the the big vision uh, and i feel like the the local officials looked askance at the at the public service commission there for a bit and so to have the governor come to the belly of the beast for for local government and back up their strategic planning to back up their economic development prerogatives, I felt like that got a big a, a big big cheer in the room. Yeah, it did. I was there. I was watching it. It was uh, really nice to see the governor lead on that issue. And as it relates to the PSC issue, you know, it seems there was some ambiguity there. The PSC was you know following what they saw as as the law and made their decisions. And this bill is a very elegant, uh, as I understand it, the approach that's being uh, used here, you know, to have a very, very narrow focus to solve this one issue as it relates to backup generation in the state that doesn't, isn't meant to, to, you know, solve data centers. We're one of the beneficiaries, but anybody, any critical, um, you know, uh, anybody that has any critical power needs that has backup generation they're helped by this bill that's uh, that's being contemplated right now. So very nice to see. Uh, we view ourselves uh, in this process as being able to help educate the various entities. When you're doing something at the scale that we're doing, uh, you know, the SAGE policy group uh, with the, the commissioning of Maryland Tech Council did an economic study. It basically shows that you know there'll be a $30 billion investment on our site over the next 15 years 
generating an awful lot of jobs. So when you're doing something at Let's this say that number again. Let, let, let me make sure I got the right consonant there. Did you say thirty billion dollars? Yeah, it's yeah, that's that's the the to give the, to give people scale. You know, we are working on a project in downtown Columbia for 18 years, which has become the second biggest city in in Maryland. That's five billion dollars of investment. Uh, Thirty billion, incredible. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. But when you do that and you're anticipating that, you know, it's the state, you know, hasn't had, you know, the last 20 years to establish laws uh, or, you know, have groups of people at the county or at the state that understand how to digest the scale of, you know, this this very large data center um, industry that's that's coming very quickly at Maryland. And it's very important to Maryland, I believe, you know, from an economic uh, perspective, we know we're dealing with a structural deficit. The governor talked about it, Winter Mako. And things like this, projects like this can help solve that problem over, you know, structurally, because at that $30 billion investment at build out, you're looking at $150 million annually in sales tax revenue to the state, about another 40 million in property tax revenue to the county. And if you talk to the industry and they look at the numbers and the scale that they expect, those numbers are probably very conservative. I was actually at a meeting at the Chamber of Commerce this morning where somebody questioned the integrity, say, of, of those numbers and thought maybe they were inflated. Well, what they'll once they look into that, they'll see that, in fact, those numbers are very conservative relative to what's happened in data center markets around the country. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to hear. You know, we, we all, whenever we hear structural deficit in the uh, Annapolis lexicon, you know, we, I think people immediately think about a tax increase resolution. I mean, certainly progressives come to the table with that from different parts of the state. So it's really different to hear a governor of the state of Maryland talk about, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to, we're going to smart grow our way. That's through right. this structural deficit by welcoming this kind of investment. It's a, it's a new day in Maryland when it comes to economic development. Uh, you feel like you're on the tip of the spear of that. Does that give you any, uh, you feel like uh, you feel like uh, you got to have a lot of courage or, or do you feel like there's just a ton of support there across the board for you? Uh, I, I would say that I feel very differently today than I did, say, even three months ago. Um, I think on the merits, this project uh, is worthy of support across the board from the state, even from the environmentalists who take a look at this and see a large number of diesel generators and are very concerned. When I said those environmentalists, the, the, those environmentalists are using the same email streaming the same movies uh, all the same things we're doing and that's serious load right yeah absolutely it's it's a it's a huge part of the load and you know when i said earlier that you know this is the first master planned data center community in the world you have to really contextualize that i should have maybe described it even a little better than that we took yeah, a, we took a piece of land here that you know had been farmed for a long period of time. And then the aluminum smelter was built here. They've completely, you know, removed the uh, the smelter and 
we've reclaimed, you know, the area. It's, you know, got a no further action letter from the EPA. So it's been cleaned. Now we obviously have to, you know, manage and monitor it. But at its height, you know, before the aluminum smelting, this place was generating about 2,500 metric tons of carbon a year. At so you guys have to clean up real quick. So you, you guys have to clean up the site that you guys no, are going to use. No, 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 it was clean. We bought a clean right. site. We we bought right. a site that was clean from, from EPA and MDE standards. Got it, got it, got it. But it, it, you know, when it was producing, at the peak of its aluminum production, it was producing nearly 4 million metric tons of carbon a year, right? So massive emissions. Aluminum smelting, the epitome of you know, post-World War II industrial uh, development, right? You remove the site, you clean it up, you're back to 2,500 metric tons. Despite that $30 billion investment in all these buildings and all these diesel generators, this facility will be a carbon sink at the end of the day. So it's not just the first master plan facility, it's the first very large brownfield redevelopment site that it will be a carbon sink, you know, at this scale. You're going what to What does have that mean, a carbon sink? That means, I wouldn't say for our listeners, but for for our host. Yeah. So, so what I mean by that is when we measure a carbon footprint and we take everything into account and you look at the emissions of these diesel generators, for example, and the emissions generally that might happen on the site, you can measure all of that and you can sort of, you know, promote that your carbon footprint is good or somebody might say that it's bad. We're planting, we're, we're saving about, or we're setting aside about 600 acres in total of the site for green space. We're going to invest in about 200 acres of afforestation. So that's new forest. We're going to be stabilizing the Tuscarora Creek that uh, runs through here and, and rehabilitating it to as close to its former flow as, as we can. We're gonna be planting all sorts of native vegetation around there. And then we're going to be working with local farmers on a program that's incentivized by the federal government for carbon capture on the existing farms close to here and, and we'll be using the credits that that's created to offset the emissions on this site. So almost entirely with the stuff that's on this site that we're doing from a capture perspective, and we're gonna to try to you know set up renewable fuels for the, uh, for the diesel generators to remove the, uh, the emissions profile from here. We're investing a tremendous amount of money to not only accommodate you know, the data center industry from scale, but to do this right in a way where those environmentalists, once they see this actually happening, will be very proud to tout, you know, that they have a facility like this in their state. A lot of big touts, uh, speaking of touts, a lot of big touts of the University of Maryland boosters always talking about, hey, the real conversation in Maryland is quantum computing. Can, can quantum computing at the University of Maryland and throughout the state of Maryland, can it thrive without... Uh, a master plan a data center community like yours in the state? So it can, you know, they have supercompute right now. And as I understand it, the actual compute is done down in Northern Virginia. That's where the power and that's where the, um, that's the all the, all the benefit can go. <laughs> yeah. And with, with what we're bringing, you know, I, I certainly would love to, uh, to talk to the leadership at the university of Maryland. We've talked to some of the folks in the, uh, quantum compute, uh, group there, and we believe that the synergy that exists by sort of the house that we're creating effectively to house that quantum compute capacity puts Maryland in a, a much better you know, position to actually create that cluster to succeed in, in you know, the president's goals there of really achieving sort of this 
dominant cluster status uh, in establishing this tech industry in, in Maryland. You know, the Maryland Tech Council has been by your side uh, throughout. The former Commerce Secretary Kelly Schultz held, leads that organization. They seem to be bringing a lot of fire, a lot of energy. Um, I love your comments on, on, on the Tech Council and, and your colleagues in the, in the business community. We couldn't appreciate them more. From the moment that we come up here, came up here and we met Kelly and Pam, their membership director, Pam LaBelle, and other folks there, they have been nothing but encouraging and supportive and, and helping us to meet the right people and helping us understand, you know, the the ground game that exists here in, in Maryland. And you know, my vision or our vision as a company uh, for our relationship with Maryland Tech Council, if I look down towards Northern Virginia, one of the great things that you have down there is the Northern Virginia Tech Council, the NVTC, coalesces the industry down there really well. And right. they work as a group very well. And then they have this massive constituency that can work together, you know, to drive the industry and be thoughtful. And we hope that every member of uh, the industry that we help bring up here, that we you know help bring them into the Maryland Tech Council, and we can coalesce the industry inside MTC to drive all sorts of benefits for the industry, for the government, and for this local community. So you we're going to partners with them. Just along that uh, line of thinking about the colleagues in the business community. You know, I remember the announcements about uh, Quantum Loophole and the Q Loop, and um, then we saw a bit of the controversy. Now we see the governor uh, fully uh, on board with the local officials making this thing happen. It reminds me a lot of a dynamic we saw on the other side of the state in eastern Baltimore County, where there was a lot of initial hubbub about this thing called Trade Point Atlantic. And we, a lot of us just didn't know what a sort of a logistics hub was. We knew there was a highway and a port and train over there, but it, it took some vision uh, to pull together what really has become a global port hub that now is a jewel for the state of Maryland. I just see so much, um, I just see so much in common between these two tracks and entirely different. Uh, spheres, one in data and, and one in, in, in important logistics. But I think you all visiting one another would be uh, would be a wonderful learning experience for all sides and, and benefit the state greatly. I'd, I'd love to do it. In fact, I can only imagine the, uh, the synergy that, that we probably both don't realize exists currently. If I think about, right. you know, bringing, say, HVO fuels here to provide low emissions, you know, fuel for these diesel generators, not just here, but sort of throughout this whole region, I would imagine that, you know, because that's such a massive and super successful logistics, you know, complex that it's, it's probably, you know, going to play into the future of what we're doing here in terms of helping to bring partners here to solve some of these very, very important issues in Maryland. He's Rich Paul Huss. He's the senior vice president at Quantum Loophole, bringing the future to Maryland in a hurry. Thank you, we're going to say. Thank you. <laughs> Any last words, uh, Rich? Just, you know, I, I appreciate you guys uh, having having me on, giving Quantum Loophole a chance to, you know, to, to share what we're doing. I would encourage, you know, there's a couple people in this company 
um, that have just, they're just amazing human beings that have immense intelligence in the data center world, but remembered for their humanity and the goodness that they bring to this state and to the world through the project that we're developing right now. And it'd be great for you to get to talk to them as well. Thank you for bringing all your energy to Maryland. Absolutely.